Good morning, everyone. And it's great to see all of you here this morning, to see people coming back to their home, the church. Wouldn't you love to be a saint? This person, the, uh, very often people say, this person is a saint regarding somebody who is holy, or perhaps when somebody passes away, they say, this person was a saint. The word saint comes from the Latin word sanctus, and it literally means holy. Today is the Sunday of all the saints, so we can also say today is the Sunday of all the holy ones. But what does this mean? The words holy and saint are interchangeable in translation. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you read the word saint, and sometimes you read the word holy. But really, they're the same word. And that kind of gives us an indication of how this word is used. In the Bible, these words are used in different ways, and in some ways, interchangeably. For example, a verse that kind of summarizes our understanding of the word holiness and sanctity, or saintliness, is the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, where we read, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And this is a quote from Leviticus 20, verse 26. And if we stop and unpack this a little, we realize several aspects of it. First of all, that God is holy. God is the Holy One. And we are holy when we imitate or mirror the life of God in one way or another. And the foundation of our holiness is actually found in the book of Genesis. The first three chapters of the book of Genesis are really foundational for everything we believe as men and women of faith. Because there we read about not only that God created, but how he created and also why he created. So it's always important to go back to those key verses and once again to unpack them and see what they mean for everything we do, not only in life, but also in liturgy and in how we prepare ourselves for eternal life. There we see in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 28, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. This entire section, these two verses are important, couched in this entire section of Genesis 1 to 3, but in particular, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So in other words, we can consider ourselves holy, we can consider ourselves to be saints, as you said, thank you for adding that, that we are saints because God created us that way. It's as simple as that. Because God has created us in his image, 
and his image is holiness. His image is he is God. He is holy. He is saint. He is full of sanctity. Then the fact that he created us in his image means that we were created in holiness. We were created as saints, and then we are called to maintain and to grow in that sanctity. And that's why it's always important to go back to the book of Genesis. It says, well, how do we need, why do we need to grow in that sanctity? Because the book of Genesis, chapters 1 to 3, also talks about the fall, which means the separation between ourselves and the source of our holiness, God. And that's what the fall is. Sometimes we talk about original sin. We can also call it the sin at the origin, that first instance where humanity marveled at themselves and then thought that they could do everything without God, who is the source of all holiness. In a sense, if you will, if you look at a, a, a lamp and say, wow, this is such a beautiful lamp, and then the light is so brilliant, but then realize that it actually only glows, only lights the surroundings when it's plugged in. If you admire a chandelier, admire a lamp, but then unplug it, that light is no longer there. That's the same thing with humanity. We only shine, we only radiate God's holiness when we are attached and connected to him. And so what happened in the book of Genesis is that we see God creating us in his image and likeness, but we also see humanity's selfishness that continues to today and in our personal lives, where we separate ourselves from God's holiness and need to remind ourselves, because we are holy, we need to always be connected to the one who is holy. This word holiness is not only used for God and people. In the Old Testament, it also refers to places. For example, in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 2 to, 2 to 6, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and lo, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Do not come near, put off your shoes from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. So these are foundational texts that we all need to, to, to come back to frequently and even memorize and note Exodus chapter 3, verse 26. Why is this so important? Is because God is not only holy because, in a sense, he is in the heavens, but God is holy as he encounters each and every one of us. God has touched the ground. And in a sense, this is a prefiguration of the way Christ was going to become flesh and touch our humanity. So the fact that God appeared in a particular place and humanity, in this case Moses, approached God or saw God or encountered God, that place was considered holy. Very important concept of the bush. Now, not only is this earth holy, are people holy, but the Bible over and over again reminds us of the holiness of God. And especially our place of worship, 
when we gather, this is why church is so important, our holy gathering on Sunday, is because we gather as the holy ones to worship Him who is holy. And another key verse that is foundational to everything we believe and to our Sunday worship and our Sunday experience and liturgy in general is Isaiah 6, chapter 1 to 3, where Isaiah describes a vision of God and God not only as being holy, but holy, holy, holy. Now, in English, we might see this as unnecessary repetition. And in fact, some modern translations call translated as very holy or the most holy, but that kind of misses the strength of the text in that humanity is holy, the ground is holy, the encounter is holy, but really at the throne of God, if we were able, if we were able to see God's throne, God is the most holy thing humanly possible. So holy, holy, holy is, is the, what's called in grammar the superlative. In other words, it's the most uh, a thing can be. God is holier than we can even possibly be, even though we attach to his holiness or connect or come in contact with his holiness. So Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 3 reads, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The reason this is a foundational text for all of us, especially as we gather to worship, is what are we coming here to do? We are coming here to experience the holiness of God, and to remind ourselves that we reflect God's holiness. And that is why we sing the hymn every Sunday, Holy, Holy, Holy. And that's also why we sing, We Who Mystically Represent the Cherubim, that other beautiful hymn, because here, when we worship, we are representing or acting like the cherubim in the vision of Isaiah, who stand in front of God and worshiping him, we represent him for a few minutes, but the cherubim worship him day and night. And the goal of our worship, our Sunday experience, our Sunday liturgy, is to experience God's holiness and, his, and, and worship him, but then also to go out and to continue living that life of holiness every day of our life. Holy, holy, holy. Another significant element of this verse is that the seraphs, Six-winged seraphs and many-eyed cherubs, those are the two kinds of angels in the book of Isaiah, they have six wings because in the presence of God, no one in the Old Testament could see the face of God. And so while they were hovering around the throne of God, they cover their eyes because God is too holy to look at or even see. And in the presence of God, they're always in service. The angels serve us and serve God. So they're always moving. So they needed two wings to fly around. This is the imagery that Isaiah uses. And because God is so holy, we cover ourselves up with modesty. We show our reverence for God. You know, when you go to a special event or have a special interview, you put on your dress, your best clothes, and hopefully 
We still have that attitude for church, sometimes called the Sunday best or church clothes. To wear something special, kind of like a uniform. Why would, you, why would a police officer or a, or, a, or a post delivery person or even a bus driver or, or a doctor wear a uniform? Because he's showing that he is in his position. So we dress nicely to give ourselves a sense of the specialness of this gathering as we are in the presence of God. Um, so God is holy, 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 the most possible holiness available to us. And as we are gazing upon the throne of God and as we are worshiping, we are connecting ourselves to God's holiness and therefore we are becoming saints. We are becoming saintly. And that's why God took on flesh. God took on flesh in, 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 in essence at the incarnation to regain that holiness that humanity had lost. Humanity had turned away from God and Christ became one of us to remind us that our bodies are made in the image and likeness of God and are holy temples of God. And that's why St. Paul tells us that you, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. St. Paul also begins his letters, very frequently, um, addressing the holy ones. So saints and holiness is not just for those who have passed away. He's referring to all of you. So he addresses it to the community, and when we, and when we gather, we read these letters, and those letters become addressed to us, who are the holy ones. For example, in the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, he says, Paul called by the will of God, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those sanctified, to those made holy, in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, called to be holy, together with those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. These are beautiful passages to keep reminding ourselves of what we are here to do. We are gathered just like that early Christian community gathered to hear the word of God and to realize that as a gathering, we become a holy nation, a holy people, as St. Peter says also in his letter. St. Paul also continues this theme in Ephesians and Colossians and as I said, the other epistles. So if you want to look at that a little more deeply, look at the first section of all the epistles. And that's why uh, today we celebrate all the saints because what ended up happening after the resurrection is that Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples and then ascended into heaven and then promised to send the Holy Spirit upon his disciples. So that holiness in which we were created with now is renewed in each and every one of us. Last week we celebrated the birth of the church. What is one of the gifts of the presence of the Holy Spirit is a life of holiness. The Holy Spirit, as we mentioned last week, does not force us. God does not entangle us to do His will. He invites us to do His will, but then He also fills us with His strength to do His will. And that's why in this epistle and the gospel reading, we are given very clear examples of what it means to be holiness. Because oftentimes we see these saints, calm-looking, clean, um, 
maybe sometimes somber looking, but we don't realize that the saints, all the way from the Old Testament, the times of the Gospels, lived very difficult lives. And here we have a list of an example. This is one of my favorite sections, actually, in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, which shows what faith really is. Sometimes people think of faith as an emotion. But here we have an entire list of what people did to show their faith and how difficult their lives were. And that difficulty was an expression of their faith, not that you feel you have faith and therefore your whole life should be perfect. Very briefly, you can go home and read the entire chapter of the letter to the Hebrews, which is very rich, but I'll just read one or two verses. They quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mockings and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. That's the life of the saints. So when we go through some turbulence in our life, we shouldn't throw away our faith. We should grab onto it more strongly and realize that as strongly as we hold on to that faith, that is, an, that is an indication of our holiness and our trust in God who is holy. And also, very importantly, as I close off, this gospel brings us to a very important element of holiness in our day-to-day -day life. And that, number one, it is a decision. First, it's an invitation by God who created us holy, but it's a decision that we make to continue to grow in holies and to, re and to recognize our holiness. And secondly, it is a decision for absolutely everyone. It's not for the elite. It's not that the saints that we celebrate, the saints that we know of, and even the saints, the holy ones in our family and friends, had some sort of different Holy Spirit that we don't have. We all have the same Holy Spirit of St. John the Baptist, of uh, St. Mary Magdalene, of all the saints. So it's a personal decision that is for everyone. There is no elite club that somebody is holier than other, but it's an invitation sent to everyone. And that's why Jesus says, everyone, everyone, every single person who acknowledges me before men, everyone. And the decision comes, I will also acknowledge before him. Everyone who acknowledges me. So for everyone, and a decision that we make to acknowledge him. And then we have very clear results. We see the fruits of our holiness, not only on earth, but we see the fruits of our holiness that lead us to heaven. And that's why um, in this gospel, Jesus says, they will receive a hundredfold here on earth and eternal life with him. So do you see how that circle comes back to the beginning? God created us in holiness. God is holy. God created us in holiness as, as his image and likeness. And although we fall from that holiness by separating ourselves from him, he continues to invite us to gather to worship him who is holy. In closing, uh, I want all of you, I ask all of you, and I ask myself as well to do the same, to reflect on what it means for you to be holy. What it means that God 
is in communion, God is in a daily interaction with you who are holy. Know, first of all, that you are holy. Know that you are connected to a God who loves you so much and wants to share his blessedness, his power, his strength, his goodness with you. Begin to identify in your life at least one or two things that you have done very well and that you are, you are proud of in your spiritual life. An act of forgiveness, an act of patience, an act of courage. Something that you did that you feel really symbolizes your faith in Christ. Celebrate that. Point it out to those in your family if you see something that they have done. But then secondly, think of how you can grow in holiness. What more do you need? What more do you need to live in the holiness that God created you in? Have these goals and commitments. And today, as we celebrate all the saints, know that holiness is only possible when we are connected with God, when we acknowledge God's holiness, when we acknowledge the gift of holiness that God has given us, and when we continue to live the holiness of God and continue to be living saints of the Holy God.